the After 30 podcast. I'm your co-host Anis Alibhai and today's episode is about navigating the five love languages. By now, we have a general idea about what the love languages are. Knowing more about them is a tool we can use to better understand ourselves and respond to the world around us. Tabs and I did an episode in season one on love and one of the topics we discussed were the love languages and our respective perspectives. For round two, we're bringing in returning guest and relationship expert Yelena Vulik, a psychotherapist who works with individuals and couples wishing to explore and strengthen their relationships. Yelena will talk to us more about the tensions that rise when we don't speak the same love language and give us some pointers on how we can communicate in a love language that is not our own. so much for having me again. <laughs> of course. We're so happy to have you here for this. You know how much we love love languages. Oh my God. And, uh, but we were feeling like, oh, how can we chat about this so that it's just like a little bit different? Because Anise and I for sure feel like everyone knows what they are, you know, mm-hmm. like it's such common language for everyone now. So we were really excited to bring you in and kind of go that one level deeper on like, okay, great. You know your love language. You understand it as a concept, but then what? What do you do if you're not the same love language with someone you're interested in or your partner? What do you do if you're talking to someone who doesn't really think it's a concept? They don't believe in the concept, you know? Like, so I feel like I'm really excited to kind of take it to that next step. So thanks. Thanks for doing it. No, I'm excited (laughs) myself. You know, it's not a science. It's something that needs to be unpacked and explored because you build a relationship with this concept and you personalize it. So yeah. So the love languages were created by Gary Chapman, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I found very interesting was that he was a he is a theologian. Mm -hmm. He's not Mm -hmm. a psychotherapist. He's just it's an observational thing. I was a bit surprised to learn that as well. I thought it was a psychologist somewhere in the hospital that or maybe in the lab doing some type of study but anyways it was Gary Chapman and um, his idea behind pursuing this uh, school of thought was that people experience love really differently mm-hmm. um, and that unique experience can be perceived and understood really differently mm-hmm. um, so it became a really concrete way I guess to speak a similar language within different dimensions of, of expressing love and communicating it. And I love that he he invokes like spirituality is important in love, right? So I like to think a big inspiration to to pursuing this concept was that like how do you how do you speak someone else's soul language so to speak Mm. how do you speak someone else's soul language that's actually very beautiful so Yelena can you take us through a quick refresher on what the love languages are and maybe just tell us a little bit more about each of them of course so there are five of them there's acts of service which is essentially when a partner takes a burden or responsibility away from from their partner so it can be something like shoveling the driveway or doing the dishes or whatever right okay but it's showing affection through a very logical way, so to speak. There's quality time, uh, which is uninterrupted time with your partner. So you put your phone away, you turn the TV off. It's undivided attention um, directed Eye at Eye contact. Partner. It's no TV right. watching. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> Physical touch. Uh, that one is always 
misconstrued, I find. Um, it's very rarely uh, sexual in nature. It's actually about being physically close to your partner. So holding mm -hmm. hands or cuddling or, you know, um, doing something together where there's physical touch involved. Cute. People okay. like this by being touched. Um, the next one is the words of affirmation, which is when an individual needs That's to hear. That's definitely mine. Definitely yeah. Mine. yeah. Okay. <laughs> how, how they're liked, how they're loved, why they're appreciated. You know, it's in detail. Like, why do you want to be with me? And sounds finally, like a high maintenance one. <laughs> I know. I, that's my love language too. And I'm always like, oh, what, what like part of my shadow self do I need to explore here to figure out why I need reassurance? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but it's definitely, I think the thing, the big one about that one is it's so much about communication and like yes. the detail. It's like, right. I don't want to just hear like, you look great. Like, I want to be like. It, exactly. It's about. <laughs> Where? Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. You, you what do it. you yeah. like about me? It's not like, oh, you're yeah, a great yeah. partner. It's like, you are wonderful, problem solving. You're a fantastic mother. Your fried chicken is the best I've ever had. You know, stuff like it's really detailed. <laughs> wow. I'm always like waiting. I'm like, so how is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it also sounds it sounds like it also has to be connected to something that you right. are proud of too. Of You're course. like, well, I'm proud of making breakfast. So the person yeah. has to know that that you like it and then sort of comment on how you like it. Kind right, of right. And it's okay. like, okay, so hold on a second. Okay. Wait, we got, we got one more. I think we got yeah. five, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The next one is receiving or giving gifts. And oh, yeah. every time this one is discussed and a girl or a guy says, you know, it's gifts, like the automatic response is, you are so materialistic and vain. Yes. And I am here to clear that, that up. <laughs> yeah, it's not about that at all. Um, mm -hmm. The money and the price tag does not matter. It's the thoughtfulness. And if the mm -hmm. gift aligns with the person who's receiving the gifts with their values. So it's like, oh, mm -hmm. my partner knows me so well. I am the luckiest. Like they got me this kettle that I mentioned mm -hmm. once five weeks ago. Yes. Um, yes. That's what the gift part is about. Cool. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And I just think funny it's, to you, Denise's yeah. husband, Jalal, is totally. She just told me this. Yeah. Like the best gift giver. Oh, 100%. I love that. He's so um, good. And it, and that's obviously not Anissa's because she's like right. constantly like, what am I supposed to buy this guy? <laughs> Which is such a good segue, actually, because this is why is. we this is what we really mm -hmm. wanted to dig into with you today is like what do we do when we have, like, I think the first step we've sort of talked about is that identify what your love language is, you know, and you could maybe have mm -hmm. one or, or maybe even two. Is that pretty common to have a leading one and then maybe a secondary? Oh, for sure. Um, okay. And I wanted to mention that your love language could be different than how you like to receive it. That's mm -hmm. me. Oh, mm. interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Actually, maybe tell us more about that then before we dive into yeah, so how to communicate. Yeah. Let's say one partner, their love language could be um, words of affirmation and maybe a combination of that and acts of service. So that's how mm. they like to receive love. Okay. But the way they give affection and love and communicate their commitment to their partner could be gifts, mm, right? Okay. So it's this unique combination. That's why I think everyone ought to really consider exploring, you know, their own relationship with their love languages and how to communicate that effectively. You know, right. that's so okay. fascinating. I find that so, so fascinating because it is really, really true. I, um, 
I give my love in a different way and I receive my love in a different mm-hmm. way. And that sounds totally logical. It just, you just don't look at it like that. I like to receive love actually through acts of service. I do, and physical touch. And I give love right. with words of affirmation, which is so mm-hmm. interesting, right? Um, that is, so that's I, interesting. Yeah. Mine's, mine's the same. I don't, I think I, but I don't, I think mine's the same because that's sort of how I thought the concept worked, which is funny. Oh, so now right. I'm like, wait, which one? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? But, but I think that is a really good thing to point out. And, and at the end of the day, we're saying step one, really good to identify and self-evaluate what you think yours is, whether it's your love language to what, how you like to receive or how you like to give, if they're the same, if they're different. Then what we really want to dig into today is talking about what you do when you're not aligned with your partner or potentially even if you're single and you're just dating and you're just starting that relationship, how you navigate when you don't have the same love languages. It's so true. You know, there are tensions that come up when you don't speak the same love language. So for example, for me, I am, I really receive love through physical touch. And so when I am not physically touched, like, you know, like patted on the shoulder or my back is rubbed or whatever, just, you know, like you don't play with my hair or whatever it is. I actually sometimes get this thought that where I actually feel like the person doesn't, it's not true where the person doesn't love me anymore. Mm-hmm. I actually feel like a disconnect. Right. And that is so interesting to me because I know it's not true, but the way that it comes up for me is it actually comes up as an insecurity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now, when these insecurities rise up, I say to myself, oh, it's not it's not that cut clear cut, but it's oh, he's not touching me. I'm not loved. But something else can come up. You can get irritable for it. For sure. It's 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 at least like adding that pebble in your shoe and you might not be able to articulate in that moment. That's where it's coming from. But it's yeah, it's building some kind of tension for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you said something really important, which is at the core of the importance of love languages it really saddens me you know when the thought behind love languages and their impact is minimized to being another fad or another google quiz or whatever because even couples like yourself and your husband you know who are deeply committed and head over heels Mm -hmm. experience tension and the disconnect you just mentioned because people receive and experience love differently so Mm -hmm. you know taking the time to understand your own love language and partner's love language sets you up for a whole new level of intimacy and and so much more joy within the relationship. The big thing about love languages is that they allow for you to repair a disconnect before it turns into something bigger. And it's important to mention that if you want to engage in this exchange of love languages and knowledge is a sacrifice. And I can use an example from my own life recently. You know, I ordered TSN to RTV, not because I like golf. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Any day that golf is on feels like it has 90 hours in it. But my own boredom like pales in comparison to how happy I feel seeing my boyfriend happy, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> good of you to do big, that. It's a big sacrifice for me because <laughs> now it's on all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So this other um, thing that I want to talk about, which I think mm-hmm. is super interesting because for me, my husband is really speaks the language of love with gift receiving and giving gifts, right? So when he gives me a gift, he really knows what I need, what I want. And it's a really amazing it's, it's actually, I call it, I think it's a talent, although it's actually in him, it's his love language. Right. And for me, even though I try to speak that love language, like I 
try to buy him like the most innovative gift in my mind that he will love or whatever, I always kind of miss the mark. And here's the thing, like we have, like we've been together for many years. I know him very well. We are very much in love, but I really want to speak to that, that idea of missing the mark, like not being able to speak the language, like no matter how hard I try. And I really mean this. I do try, you know, no, Tabs knows. Like, a really like... <laughs> good point. And Lisa, I think that's such a good point because I feel like acts of service is a really interesting one because I feel like that's kind of easier maybe to do it even if that's not your love language because you can literally be like okay great let me think about what they need to eat let me think about what needs to be done around the house let me think about what bills need to be paid like you can kind of go through Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. tasks and and that's like an easier one to just do if that's not something that isn't your inherent love language but I think to your point Anise that's a really good that it can be harder I feel like some yeah. love languages can be harder than others. Like words of affirmation <laughs> yeah. and gifts, I think are hard if that's not your natural way. Like, cause similar to your situation, Anise, like, like we already have uncovered that mine is definitely words of affirmation, but if detailed communication is not your strong suit, <laughs> it's not like a switch you could just turn on. And that's what I, cause that's what I want. So I think it's a really good point that there's more work there. It's not just like, cool, let me just like get the golf subscription, you know? So what do we do there? Yeah. Right. So I think you mentioned something um, that's really important to highlight is that you said, I really try, but I keep missing the mark, but I really try. And that's, (laughs) that's the main part. You're trying the thought behind it. Right. If, if you're in a relationship, I would hope, um, that your partner and yourself are emotionally intelligent enough to recognize sincere effort behind it because mm. you're right like if, if my love language is um, words of affirmation as well but I know that my boyfriend's not a poet I'm never going to get that out of him mm. um, and it's creating space for acceptance to allow their version of your love language right, right? Mm. so that's a good, that's a good mm. effort doesn't have to compete you know you don't keep you don't keep a tally of of who did it better this week is kind of mm-hmm. creating space for them to still be themselves while trying to fulfill your emotional needs. Mm-hmm. That's a lot That's of patience cool. embedded in there. Yeah. <laughs> like waiting for the right gift and never getting it, you know, That's annoying, yeah. right? <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story right now. All I wanted my, my 32nd birthday passed in October. I, all I wanted, I say the same thing every year is I want a card preferably a handwritten card mm. and this year yeah. my my boyfriend came home with with roses which are very nice but I could not care for I was like oh thanks so much they're gonna die <laughs> in a day like it meant nothing to me but to him that was the big event right but I yes, recognized yes, that yes. I was just like hyper focused on that card like give me that card and then go away so I can read it through with my teeth card was beautiful it was very much um he wrote you know in the way that he speaks and it was so lovely and it made my entire day and you know Mm. I was thinking about love languages and how different they are and how people respond and you know it's just again the importance of recognizing that no it's really true you know like even when I when I hold somebody or when I touch someone I actually feel a sense of nourishment inside of me or when somebody touches me there's like something that gets nourished that is you can't explain it and I think it's really really interesting you know, I actually have given gifts without a card and I have noticed that that person is a person of words of affirmation and they don't 
really enjoy the gift as much as they would have enjoyed a card. So it's like, I make a mistake. So I even think like love languages translate into our friendships and other relationships, you know? (laughs) It's really cool because I think part of what we're talking about that's, that's really powerful is if you are actually talking about it, you know, like we're talking about it like a language and it is a language because if you are actually communicating with your friends, your partner, about what your language is and about what theirs is, mm-hmm. then it's like opening up the dialogue to your point, Elena, if you're and, and Anise, if you're missing the mark, but you're saying how much you tried, there's yeah. there is yeah. that like, oh, okay, then then that's then thank you for trying. Do you know what I mean? And there's <laughs> yeah. an acceptance, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I think what's interesting, and this is one of the questions that I had for you, Elena, today, is that And you mentioned it briefly at the beginning. Sometimes people see the love languages as like another trend or it's another Google thing or it's another test you do. And some people just kind of throw it away and don't think they don't really believe in it. Whereas some people like the three of us, like really (laughs) believe in it, you know, we're like, yeah, it's like really core to our conversation, (laughs) our partners or whatever. Right. A lot of people don't, don't operate that way so what does someone do if they're in a relationship where they really believe because i think what we're really uncovering here is that there's the power is when you're both talking about it right but if only one of you is engaged and the other one's like this is such garbage i don't care about that like Mm -hmm. what what are you what do they do Mm. right well i love that question (laughs) and you know as a therapist (laughs) i absolutely believe in the love languages um the first time i brought them up to my boyfriend his response was that i made them up like, it was just like totally and I just stared at him I stared at him and I was like are you all right I did not make up the love languages but I thought you know there's three you need to know your audience right I I can't approach it like let's discuss our love languages sweetheart instead the way he hears me is best is when I'm very firm and very clear so I've, I've said to him like I need open honest clear communication um, I need this here's why it's important to me and you know it doesn't matter what language around you use and just but rather developing your own conversation around it and it's just been wonderful you know he's he's been so good and so supportive and he has this line like have you had too much to think today <laughs> and I'm like oh yeah well actually I need this this and this and it opens up um, a great great dialogue between us and you know allows us to grow closer together but again it's knowing your audience yeah know your audience and I really also like we were talking earlier about how there are trends and things change and new things come up and I think like for simply for the longevity of a relationship right Mm -hmm. um I think it would be interesting to have a conversation when you're in a relationship about something that's new and it's on the table. Mm. Hey, have you heard about this love language thing? It's a new thing. Like, Mm -hmm. why don't we tackle it and try and think about it? Because I think it contributes to the longevity of our relationships just because as we're evolving, evolving and receiving all of this sort of new knowledge, new information, new Mm -hmm. thinkers. Mm -hmm. And so like, why not just dabble in it a little bit simply because it's available to us also. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, listen, if I had it my way, we would have whole date nights where we had a bottle of wine and broke down every love language. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a great idea. But you know what, with this conversation of introducing love languages, I think it's equally as important to explain why you're doing something until it becomes Mm -hmm. a known and a habit within your relationship. 
Oh, I like that. Of I am speaking to you in a love language that I think you will be speaking and I hope you will understand. Right. And then it kind of just turns over and turns over and gets turns into like a mulchy kind of thing, which then sort of nourishes the relationship because you're yeah. learning about it. Oh, like, I give like me that. feedback. How did that make you feel? I, how can I make your day better? You know, it's not, it's not, um, like you're asking to be someone's dominant. You're asking yes. to be an equal participant, a great high yes, quality yes, yes. participant in this relationship. Yeah. And I suppose too, like at the end of the day, if you're coming at it from a place of exploration and curiosity of let me try and find new ways to show you how much I mm -hmm. care about you. That's, mm -hmm. such a, that's a much more mm -hmm. beautiful and will re be received far better than approaching it to say, this is this concept of love languages and this is how I like to receive love and making it really yeah. about you. Whereas if you're like, I'm actually just trying to really find what yours is right. um, because we might not be the same. Sometimes I find it interesting. Like, I don't know. I think that's a, that's an angle that would be hard for anybody to turn down because that's just a beautiful intention. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. that would be my hope. And yeah. I really, really love this thing that you're talking about, Tabitha, of like having a goal to create that sort of space for each other. And like you were saying, Yelena, the longevity, the, the work, putting the work into it. Because, and Tabitha has spoken to me about this before, of like, oh, this person doesn't speak my love language. We're not going to get along. You know, yeah, it, I, I it doesn't work like that. The funniest thing, because I, and I don't know if this is a generational thing because love languages and, and uh, what's the other one, Anise, that we did? Mm. Um, the any, 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 Enneagrams. Yeah. Like this is just like becoming so common for, I feel like generations that are younger than us. And I've seen on like reality shows and stuff, it's like dating reality shows and they'll be like on a second date and they're talking about love languages and they're like, oh, this isn't going to work. They don't speak my love language. I'm like, wait, that's totally not how it works. That's not the point, you guys. And I yeah. feel like, don't you think, isn't that kind of the purpose of this entire concept? Yeah, I think you got to be very careful not to have a limiting view of love languages, right? Just because you speak a different love language than somebody does not mean that you cannot have the most fulfilling relationship. And I get this with a lot right. of clients. And, you yes. know, it's, a, it's an opportunity to re-educate. also calls for a lot of self-reflection. Like, are you not willing to compromise? You know, mm -hmm. why does somebody, like, where do the control issues come in with that, right? Because mm. there's so many different... I call them microscopic aspects of love language that mm. um, you gotta keep exploring and adding mm. kind of to your toolbox. Oh, 100%. The likelihood of someone not speaking the same love language as you in a relationship is 95%. I mean, yeah, what I does that like, even mean? Totally. <laughs> I feel like most of the time you're probably gonna be attracted to somebody who is. That's right. And you, right? Like it's kind of, that's right. yes. <laughs> usually that's why you're attracted to somebody is that they're very different from you in many ways. So that probably means the love language. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking, you know, speaking of which, you know, a generational thing we're getting, we're older, we're like, it's the after 30 podcast. We're thinking about what love, what life looks like when we communicate in these different ways. Yelena, why do you think these languages are important right now? Well, I think that dating and relationships are not what they used to be, right? I think mm -hmm. there's a lot more of a transactional nature nowadays, where if mm -hmm. you find one flaw with someone or you have one 
uh, profound disagreement. And you know that another potential match is just a swipe away or another bar night away. So people give up very easily. Um, And I think that I I mentioned above that if you don't address a disconnect in love languages, it grows into something bigger when you genuinely begin to believe that your partner and yourself are not compatible. Resentment is powerful, right? I sometimes think that resentment can be more powerful than commitment. So with our generation, it's important to remember that the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it, right? And nurturing your relationship, the love languages have a lot to do with that. Mm, I love that that, uh, saying. That's one of my favorites. I feel like I live it. I think we've discussed it before, right? In the first episode and you mentioned that, yeah. Of just like taking, taking care of your own environment, being a little bit more involved with your internal language and your internal self, and also just taking care of your relationships that in that way, you take care of your other relationships too, just through sort of nurturing yourself. Right. And so Mm -hmm. when we water on this side, it doesn't look that good on the other side, you know, and you mentioned something very important there. It's important to be mindful that when you're learning somebody else's love language that you're not abandoning your own right because Mm. we can become so hyper-focused on making our partner happy that it improves the quality of the relationship but then we can in the process unintentionally abandon our own truth so it's a careful dance right it's it's Mm. balancing the tension of people and finding a safe compromise that deserves an applause. You know those click applauses? Yeah. Click, 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 click. Yeah. <laughs> I can edit one in there. I love it. This is cool. Okay. Well, thanks for thanks for being here. I feel like we're already at time. Yeah. Thank you so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, thanks Elena. for coming oh, back, Elena. Thank you for having me. And I just want to encourage everybody to pick up a copy of the Five Languages of Love <laughs> by Dr. Gary Chapman. Yeah. And if you're if you're bored now in lockdown, just type in the love languages quiz onto Google. They vary in detail, but any of them can give you some insight into uh, what love language resonates with you and which one may be applicable to your partner. And then you guys can have a really good conversation over some tea or wine or whatever. Amazing. Oh my (laughs) God, I love it. Everyone's in (laughs) lockdown. So get into your love languages that's that's a good little that's that's amazing little lockdown yeah come out of this come out of this chaos stronger and more in love (laughs) yeah know your love language i love it oh i love it for being here it was so fun Hi, everybody. We are back with our small business initiative where we want to give a little shout out to some of these really cool small businesses um, locally around us in Canada, online, whatever. And today we have a very, very cool one that Anise and I are actually huge fans of. We've got Catherine Choi of Hanji Gifts with us today. So thank you for being here, Catherine. It's an honor. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Of course. We're so happy to. So let's kick it off. Tell us a little bit about your business. Sure. So Hanji Gifts started uh, almost nine years ago. It's a design stationery paper and gift store. There's three brick and mortar stores in Toronto, and we mostly import from South Korea, which is where my husband is from. Cool. So we met there in front of an elevator. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, it was love at first sight. And then he moved here and we got married pretty fast and we decided to open a business together. So we mostly import from South Korea. Very cool. But we also have a section of our store where we provide local artisans a chance to sell things at our store as well. So I like to find artisans that are just starting out and kind of give them that kind of push to grow their own business. That is so awesome. Thank you. Tell us what makes your business unique. Well, because we import from South Korea, there aren't a lot of other stores doing that. We look for design stationery. So rather than like super, super cute stuff, it's also kind of um, more refined. So, and we also, we travel there sometimes to source things and I like to find things that you can't find anywhere else. So we'll do searches online to see if it's available elsewhere. And if it's not, then we order it. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being here and uh, make sure to check out the show notes where we'll link to Hanji Gifts. Thank you so much. Thanks, Catherine. Take care. Everybody take care. We know it's a bit of a crazy uh week this week so we are thinking of you all and we hope you're doing well and we're almost through 2020 (laughs) that's right that's right (laughs) thanks everybody for being here thanks yelena again and we will talk to you guys next week bye bye